Bienvenidos. From Poder Media, this is Poder Podcast. I am your host, Sergio Lagunas. This podcast features powerful stories from artists, influencers, and community leaders. On today's episode, we have David Raúl Serna. He is a business owner from La Mirada, California, where he manages Adelante Management Group. Many entertainers go to him to meet their goals, such as comedians, music producers, and many more. Welcome, David, to Poder Podcast. What's up, man? How are you? Doing great. Thank you for joining today, and let's get to it. Where does your story begin? So it begins here in Southern California, man. I actually grew up in uh, Garden Grove, California. Shout out to Garden Grove. Very proud to be from uh, Orange County. And uh, yeah, you know, I grew up uh, with essentially my mom, single mother, uh, my grandparents, uh, a couple uncles that live there. So, you know, typical uh, household, just basically the whole family living there. Uh, but it was nice, man. I got to uh, just learn a lot being from, you know, with family all the time and I had very close relationships with my parents or my mom, obviously, my grandparents, my uncles and stuff. So uh, it was cool, man. I had a very, uh, a very fun uh, upbringing. You know, definitely a child was always out in the street playing, just spending time with cousins, things like that. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. And then, yeah, from there, I actually moved to uh, La Mirada, which is where I currently live today, uh, L.A. County, but basically the border and that's, you know, where I went to uh, middle school, high school. And then, uh, yeah, essentially, I, I kind of grew up here in La Mirada as well. So uh, that's kind of where it starts, man. Starts here in Southern California, uh, born and bred. And then, you know, obviously, when, you know, I got time to go into college is when I ended up leaving California. But uh, this is home, man. You know, I, I definitely enjoy being here in California. Okay, you touched on your educational journey a little bit. Can you touch on more of your higher education and how that went for you? I believe you did go to an out-of-state school out in the East Coast. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, so just to kind of backtrack a bit, uh, for high school, I, I went to St. John Bosco here in Bellflower. I was there for a couple of years, and then I transferred over to La Serna High School, which is where I ended up graduating. And uh, yeah, when I was at La Serna, uh, basically getting ready to go to college because that was always something that you know I had planned for myself. Uh, I, I my my goal my goal was to actually go out of state. So uh, I applied to. I was actually looking back at it the other day, probably over twenty out of state out of state schools, and uh, I ended up choosing St. John's University, which is located in New York, uh, Queens, New York. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's definitely the best decision I ever made, just because uh, it took me out of my comfort zone. You know, just being always around family and being home and you know, it's just obviously like I never really did much other than go to school and just, you know, the local things here, like the go to movie theaters or bowling alleys. And so I think leaving to New York was definitely a just a big leap, you know, and, and that was essentially the start of of kind of the rest of my life. Right. Because even in current day, I, I constantly take big risks and and leaps and what I do. So that was definitely the the beginning. And so going to St. John's, like I said, it was it was an amazing experience. I got my degree in sports management. Um, I also studied abroad for a total of one year, so two separate semesters. So I also lived in uh, Paris, France. I lived in Sevilla, Spain. I uh, was in Rome, Italy, and then I did some work in uh, Leeds, England. And it was actually in Leeds where I, I did an internship and 
got a little more into like my mm. field and, and really started to, uh, to, yeah, to kind of set the groundwork for, for what I do today. So, uh, it was fun, man. Like I said, overall great experience. Uh, and then while I was in college, obviously I became a brother of Iota Alpha, very proud. Uh, really enjoy it. You know, it was, it was definitely a fun time. I, I pledged my freshman year and, you know, was basically an active brother all throughout. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, college was was fun. A lot of uh, obviously school was my focus. I graduated with a, a 3.85. You know, that was always like my my priority was getting my work done. And then I did all the extracurricular activities, uh, did internships, things like that. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I definitely made the most out of my experience, you know, there at St. John's and, and I'm very proud of all the work that I put in. But I knew it was only setting me up for what I was going to do after St. John's, which was going to be bigger, you know, and and uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. Definitely happy with my my experiences going to school and everything. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with after you graduated from college? What was that like? Did you feel like you knew exactly what you were doing next? Or did you try to get an advanced degree? What was that like? Yeah, so as soon as I, I got my bachelor's degree, I actually uh, came back home and yeah, for the, you know, that I graduated in May, uh, but next, what I want to say probably five months I just spent uh, experimenting really. I mean, my goal in life was to always be a manager. I always wanted to represent uh, athletes, you know, entertainers that that was always something from, from the start, you know, even when I was in high school, um, cause you know, essentially I got my degree in sport management specifically. And so that was always going to be something that I knew I wanted to get into, but you know, it's, it's kind of, you go through those, those, uh, those kind of thoughts of, you know, I don't know when exactly it's going to start, but I know what my goal is. I know what, what I want to get to eventually. So I think fresh out of uh, university, I was basically just trying to find that, that way to get in. So I, I had, yeah, I mean, I did a lot of things, you know, I did real estate. I, I in, was actually an intern at a couple of law firms. Um, I was in the process of actually applying to law school because I kind of figured, you know what, let me see if I could, uh, if getting a, basically a JD, I imagine that would help me later down the line if I want to become like a sports agent or, you know, do whatever I need to do. So I actually began that process. Uh, I studied for the LSAT, ended up taking the LSAT. Uh, I got accepted into one uh, law school here in Southern California. And that was going to be it, man. Like I really thought that that was going to be the next path because I had tried, you know, so many different things. I had a couple meetings with some people that I knew in the sports world, but nothing really came to fruition. It was just mostly meetings, consultations, but I didn't have any like legitimate offers on the table. And so I really thought, you know what, let me go to law school. Let me spend these next three years just, you know, furthering my education, just getting stronger, adding more to like my, my educational arsenal, I guess you could say. And so that was going to be the the path until I, I then met uh, my first client, you know, which, you know, would seg me, segue me, me into what I do now. But, but yeah, man, there was that five month period of just like, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I, I think we, a lot of us kind of go through that and really just, just kind of decide, all right, what is it that, you know, cause I, I, I always like to think further. It's not, it's not necessarily just like, oh, let me get this job now. Cause I need the money now. It's more like, how do I do, how do I make a decision that's going to impact me long-term? And so, yeah, it definitely took me some time to even just get readjusted here back home. And, uh, you know, because uh, I made a lot of connections in New York, obviously, but I, I didn't want to stay out there. Uh, I just knew that, you know, I wanted to come back home. So 
uh, that's what I did. And, and yeah, I mean, it was an interesting, I would say those, those five months really taught me a lot, taught me a lot about just, uh, remaining patient and, and having faith, you know, because I think there's definitely the, the universe is always looking out for us, you know, and there's always going to be signs and opportunities that are going to pr basically present themselves and you just got to be ready for it. So that was like, that's my best way to describe those five months of after college was just like, all right, you know, let, let's really take your time, take your time here to figure out what the next step is going to be and whatever you decide, give it 100%. And so, uh, yeah, man, it was interesting. Like I said, I, I almost took the the leap into uh, going to law school, but I, I think it all happens for a reason, man. You know, and, and I'm very happy to be where I'm at now. So um, it was cool. It was it was definitely an interesting time, though. I, I can definitely definitely relate to a lot of people when they say, you know, that they kind of struggle or that they have those doubts or those thoughts of like, man, what am I going to do next? Like, I think we all go through that one way or another. Can you elaborate on? what exactly it is that you do as a talent manager and business owner for Adelante Management Group? I was on the brink of going to law school and uh, I had a friend who called me and he was like, hey, Dave, uh, do you want to make a drive to Florida? And I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, that, you know, it was totally random, man. I was totally random. And I was, yeah. And so he's like, yeah, I'm actually going to be starting a I'm going to start to go to school over there. He's like, and I, I want to drive. I want to take my car and I'm looking for someone to go with me. And he knew that I had already traveled before. So I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm down. Like, why not? And I'm not doing anything anyways. So uh, we end up driving to Florida. We're about 40 hours into our drive. It's like the, I mean, super late in the morning. Uh, and so he, we just start talking about our goals. Right. And I told him, I'm like, look, like I really want to be a sport manager. Right. I, in particular boxing. I'm, a huge boxing fan. I come from a big boxing family, um, like of fans, not my family. They weren't fighters, but they were big fans. And so, uh, so it was just one of those things that uh, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I was like, all right, let me, you know, I I'm basically tr finding ways to get into the industry. So that's what we just talked about, like our dream jobs. And I told him my dream job is to one day walk into the ring with a fighter and, and just enjoy that moment of, of knowing that I represent these athletes and these people and this and that. And so that's a discussion that we had. We finally get to Florida. I spend a few more days out there and then I, I fly back home. And then the day after I flew back home, he, he calls me again and he's like, Hey Dave, um, I actually know a fighter for my church or he's a boxer. He's an amateur, but he wants to turn pro. And I told him that you're a boxing manager. So he's going to call you right now. I'm just letting you know, basically like, here's your chance, give it a shot and just pretend you're already a manager. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those moments where I was very grateful because I'm like, wow, this is cool. But at the same time, I'm like, well, damn, I'm not a manager yet. So like, what am I going to do? And it, it's one of those situations that I think we all face where we have to really, you either own it or you don't. And, and it was quick, it was quick for me to make that decision, to make the decision of, you know what, like, I'm going to own this, man. This is an opportunity. There's no reason to shy away from this. So I was like, let me just step up to the plate act as if I'm a manager, tell them, you know, I was going to tell them the truth though, that I had, a, I have a degree in sports management. I just don't have any clients, but that was basically my chance to, to put everything I had told my friend into, into action. Right. So I had told them, this is what I want to do. I want to work in boxing. Here was my chance. Here's this amateur fighter who wants to turn pro and he's looking for someone to represent him and to help him make his dream happen. And in doing so it's making my dream happen. So I was like, this is a no brainer for me. So 
uh, Carlos is the fighter. He calls me. Uh, we end up talking over the phone. Things go well. We set up an actual formal meeting. And in that formal meeting is when I actually got like the verbal commitment from him that we're going to work together. And that's when it started, man. That was actually September of 2016, uh, sorry, 2015. And so, uh, those next three months we just spent, you know, getting, having him train, you know, getting ready. And then in December of 2015 is when he signed his first, uh, contract to fight. So that's when we made things official. I officially signed him to a long-term contract. I got my my professional boxing license as a manager. And that's really when things like kicked off was, was with this fighter. So, so I think once we signed the contract and, and, you know, cause you signed the contract also through the state of California, like it became official and it's like, all right, this, this is really happening now. So obviously while all that was going on, I decided to actually decline my offer for law school. I just decided to, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in with this. I mean, this is something that I want to do. I'm going to give it a hundred percent. I explained that to my my mom and, you know, she understood. She knew this was something that I was passionate about, but that also really helped, you know, having that support even from her and from my family that, hey, like, we're going to let you do, live this crazy dream that you have in, in hopes that it actually turns into something. And so, you know, so I just like to give that backstory because, you know, it, that's definitely what motivated me and, and made me even more secure about this decision and so, yeah, man, like I said, I, I went forward with it. Uh, December is when we got our first fight. Well, we signed a contract for the first fight. The first fight was going to be in February. And so we had those two months to really actually train for the fight, get everything going. And in those two months, I mean, we did a lot, man. I, I Obviously, training was the priority, but we did documentaries. We did TV interviews, radio interviews. Like, I had them all over the place. You know, this was my opportunity to showcase my client and to to really put them mm -hmm. on the map and get them exposure, build a fan base. So in doing all of those things, I started catching the eyes of other people because they're like, damn, like, look what he's doing with this fighter. And, and this kid, you know, he's just an amateur, you know, this is someone that like, he's really working hard for this person for that fight. I ended up inviting a bunch of like, just people I had like contacts. I had one of them being uh, Richard Villa, who was a comedian. I invited just a, a few friends of mine, other comedians, other people I knew, and the reason I invited comedians is because I, I forgot to mention that, that when I was in college, I used to go to a lot of comedy shows. So when the, the actual fight happened, uh, that was when, like I said, I invited a lot of these people that I knew, just contacts that I had. And uh, he ended up losing the fight. So I think that was one of the first, it was literally the first uh, adversity I ever faced. And it was literally my debut as a manager, right? I mean, it's the first fight, the first big moment of my career it happened, you know, you can't really control it. Not every outcome is going to be favorable. So I think that next day it really hit me hard. And I was just like, wow, like, is this something that I want to continue doing? Like I put so much work in and and we lost, you know, it was, it was definitely like a wake up call, but it was kind of crazy. So as I'm having these, like these doubts and, and, you know, I wasn't going to give up, but it was just, it was just tough. It was just one of those situations where like, damn, like, I can't believe we already lost and, and, you know, we already have our backs against the wall. But um, in, in that basically situation, uh, one thing that I remembered that I was going to do regardless was still call everybody and basically thank them for coming to our fight. So I called every single person that purchased a ticket for our fight I, and spoke to them. And one of those phone calls uh, was to Richard Villa, who's a comedian, one of the comedians I mentioned. And I told him, you know, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. And he had just, uh, at that time, he had just split with his old manager. And so it was just crazy how that even came about too, where 
he was like, Hey man, um, I saw what you did with Carlos. And like, I, I really want someone like you basically to help me. He's like, would you be interested in, uh, and working together? You know, I can hire you as my manager and you can basically represent me in comedy. And I was just like, wow, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like once again, I was, it was one of those moments where I had a basic, I mean, it was yes or no, but I'm like, why am I going to shy away from this opportunity? It's another industry that I really enjoy. So I'm like, yeah, man, let's do it. Like I'm, I'm down. And so we ended up, that was the verbal, you know, agreement. And then we met a couple of weeks later to actually finalize it, sign a contract and everything. So now I had two clients, right? I mean, I went from just having the fighter to now having uh, Carlos and Richard, uh, comedian. And that happened. So that was the day after the fight. So I want to say, uh, going back to what I was saying, it was that same week, like the middle of February. And then I, and that's when I came with the decision of, you know what, I want to have a third client so that I can officially like start a company. I have three clients, three different industries. So I reached out to uh, Jeremy, who is a music producer that I knew from college. I, I was able to reach an agreement with him. We signed a contract and then, yeah, by the end of February, I already have three, I had three clients. I officially registered my business, uh, Adelante Management Group. And that's where it started, man. I mean, within a matter of months, I had basically the three clients that I wanted. I had the, the, the company registered. I had the name. I made my business cards. I made my logo right away. And yeah, that, I mean, uh, the official opening date or the founding date is uh, February 29th, 2016. And I did that on purpose because I wanted it to be on like the leap year. <laughs> How many clients do you have right now? So Richard, I still have Richard signed from, you know, he's one of the original clients I had. I have another comedian, uh, Nacho Redondo signed. However, I work with, I want to say at least 15 different artists. And what I mean by that is like, I have different agreements with everyone. So with Richard and Nacho, I have them basically, they're like 360 deals essentially, where I basically help manage, you know, almost every aspect of their, of their, their careers. Right. So that's something that for them, it's a little different. Whereas like the other agreements I have with the other artists that I work with, it's mostly like focused on one thing. So it's like, I'm just taking care of like, you know, putting their shows together or their tours or, you know, uh, producing events or, or, or so be it. So I'm actually like, an, right as of right now, I have, well, Richard Nacho, I was actually just doing the my paperwork the other day. And then I'm working with, uh, so I have Luisa Alba, who I've been working with since 2016. Um, but he and I, we have like a special agreement because we've already been working together for four years. But, you know, he's, he's, he's a little more old fashioned. Like we don't, he doesn't want to do like the, the long-term contract, but it's almost like a good faith type of agreement where he just, he, I'm the guy that he goes to, you know, essentially any, any, any business here in the United States. Um, he, Luis is basically going to contact me for that. Um, another artist that I I'm working with, his name is Alejandro Quechechente. He's a Vicente Fernandez impersonator. So someone that I started working with now, Fabiola del Castillo, who I've been working with, Joe Luna, I actually recently started working with uh, Edgar Vivar. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was uh, El Señor Barriga on El Chavo del Ocho. And I'm actually going to be putting together a, a tour for him. Uh, another artist that actually was going to start working with, and then, you know, the pandemic happened, unfortunately, is uh, La Chupitos. She's, she's been on TV. You know, she's been on, like, all the major channels. Uh, so that's another artist I'm working with at the moment. Um, I have El Compayacito, who is... <laughs> He's like the son of El Compayaso who went viral last year or two years ago. Um, I have uh, Tato El Monaguillo Jr., who's the son of Tato El Monaguillo, who I've been working with. 
So would you say that what you're doing in the industry of talent management would be that your approach is more building relationships with different artists that come in and want to be able to work with someone that's really going to make a big impact in the way they present their talent? Yeah, I mean, I basically, so I, I decided to kind of change my strategy where there doesn't need to be any kind of long-term commitment. But if you like working with me, we'll work. Unfortunately, with entertainment, a lot of people just kind of get stuck. There, there's a lot of a lot of plateauing that happens, right? And and the idea is for you to constantly grow bigger and bigger and and more successful. But I started to see a trend of just certain artists kind of you know plateauing, and I was like, hey, how can I help them to once again progress or to get better or to to perform the best that they ever have? But that you know, so that became my goal. But then I realized as I started working with more and more artists, they you know, if you're just a good and honest person to them, it's gonna bring a lot out of them. And it made me realize just how many artists, like how many artists actually work with people or have worked with people who don't like look out for them. Like it's crazy, man. Like it happens a lot. And it and obviously it's usually you know money is always like the the big reason, but it's not always just money. It's like there's sometimes certain artists just want you to give them attention or just to talk to them. And it's like, so I really, like you said, I started to focus more on just my relationships with them because obviously the business, you know, we all know what we're working towards, but it starts from the core. And to me, the core is that they're happy with what they're doing, that they're comfortable, that they're confident. So like, there's a lot, there's a huge psychological aspect to even this business where you have to just be there for them. You have to assure them often. You have to let them know, hey, I got your back. Like I'm here with, I'm working with you, not against you. And unfortunately, like, you know, historically speaking, there's a lot of managers that have just not been there for their clients, you know, they, or they just use them strictly for financial purposes. And not everyone enjoys that. You know, some people like, look, so there's some clients I have, it's strictly business and that's cool. I don't mind. Here's your money. Here's my money. We're good. But there's other clients who do want a little bit more attention. So like, it's just interesting. I mean, every client I work with, there's a different approach. But that to me is the fun part about talent management is that every single client you get is different. It, it brings out a different side of you. It teaches you a new lesson. How can we move the pieces the right way to basically to 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 move, you know, to seguir adelante, to move forward, to, to progress. And so that just became, like I said, the overall theme of the company. And and that's what's, you know, it's allowed me to work with some some notable names. I've gained that respect because of my honesty and my integrity. You know, just I've, I'm always very straightforward with people and I do things correctly. I do things honestly. Thank you for really breaking down the industry and how you are evolving along with your company. Like you said, moving forward and adelante. So now it comes to a time where I would like to ask you, what is your source of poder? What is your inspiration? How do you stay motivated? Right. So the way I stay motivated is by just knowing that I'm helping people. Because it's like at the end of the day, like that's that was one of the the foundations of my company. It's like obviously, like sure, I wanted to represent talent and, and this and that and work in an industry that's very lucrative, but even before all that, I do what I do because I want to help people. I've always enjoyed helping people, whether it was my friends, my family. And so my thing is like, how do I become that voice for people who may not have power themselves, right? And I think that to me just became something that really 
inspired me and continues to inspire me is I could be the voice for so many people who who may feel like they don't have a voice themselves. On a day-to-day basis, I'm working to improve people's lives and it just feels good, man. It honestly does. It feels really good knowing that it's a job that can empower a lot of people and it has empowered a lot of people. I can definitely say that in the clients that I've worked with and, and even like some of the speeches I've given, because I've, you know, I've done a couple of like uh, speeches at schools and stuff like that. I, I see the, I see the, uh, the reactions that people have when I tell them about my story or what I do. And, and it's, you know, something that's very enlightening, very empowering. Thank you for sharing your life story, your education, and also about how you inspire others to become better and move adelante. Can you give us your final thoughts on on today's episode? What you what do you want to get your message across to others? So my my final thoughts would just be for anyone that's that's thinking about, you know, pursuing something, anything, whether it's being an artist, entertainer or or just starting your own business in general or or taking some kind of leap in life, take it, do it, create it. Just don't ever be afraid to to do what's going to make you happy because it's true. I, I think we have to be happy first before we make others happy. And if it's going to be a, a leap that's going to change, I mean, sure, there's going to be things that are going to change your life. They're going to feel uncomfortable, but that's a good thing. If 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 it's something that scares you, that that should tell you even more that you should do it. And And so my final thought would just be for that person that's there just waiting on you know, or, or waiting for someone to kind of give them that shove. I hope this is that shove, like go do everything that you want to do in life. Go take whatever risks that you feel you want to take, do what you got to do to make yourself happy. And just know that the universe has your back. And and I say that because it's true. Like you might think, how the hell am I going to do this? But you're going to get a phone call the next day. That's literally going to open a door to do exactly what you want. It happens. Like I know some people might be like, ah, that doesn't always happen. It does. Opportunities are out there every single day. You just got to keep, you got to keep digging. You got to keep scratching the surfaces. And, and that's coming from someone who's done that and continues to do that because there's still a lot that I haven't accomplished, but I'm still knocking on those doors. I'm still moving. And I've done a lot so far, but it all started with that, that desire to, to want to just do everything that I've ever wanted to do to accomplish my goals, to just be happy and that literally is my fuel. And I want, I hope that's the fuel for everyone to just know, hey, like, if you want to do something, go out and do it, man. It, it it may not, it's not always successful, but you will get to where you want to be. You might go through a, di- a completely different path than you expected, but that's okay. As long as you're, you're constantly moving and building. So yeah, I mean, that would be my message is like to the person out there that's just, that keeps thinking about what I should do or should I do it? Should I do it? My answer is yes, do it. You know, keep keep believing in yourself. Believe that something is better, something out there is better for you. And I, I think that's really all the feel that you'll need. And just know that there's other people that are doing it, like you yourself too. You know, you're you're making moves in your own life, and and I admire that, man. You're you're doing a great job, even with this podcast. I think it's awesome. And so I hope we both inspire people to, for them to you know fulfill any projects or any career changes that they want. And, uh, and yeah, my door is always open. I mean, if anyone wants to ever reach out to me and, and discuss, you know, talk more about certain things, I'm definitely here for that. So how do people get a hold of you? How can they access your website, your social media? How can they get in contact with you? 
find me on uh, all social media platforms uh, at Adelante MG. So at Adelante MG on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and just send me a message. My phone number and my email are on there. Those are my directs, basically links for contact. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, feel free. You know, I, I, if you send me an email, I'll get back to you within a few hours. Like I'm very good on that. I always respond the same day or you know, sometimes immediately, but I mean, yeah, feel free to, to email me, text me, whatever, whatever is best for you. But that would be like, once again, just my final message to everyone is like, if, if you have, if you're having thoughts about taking some type of risk in your life, definitely do it. And if you need advice, I'm here for it. Well, thank you for joining us today, David, on Poder Podcast. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for listening to Poder Podcast, the podcast con poder. This is Sergio Lagunas. Music is produced by Brian Navarrete. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or on your favorite app. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Poder Podcast.